Ladies and gentlemen, the three knockdown rule on UFC Fight Pass is in effect. I'm Steve Kim, joined by our Mexican monster, Mario Lopez. Welcome back from the Big Apple. <laughs> Thank you. I've thought out. Uh, I'll give you my review on uh, my week in New York later, but it's good to be back. Shout out, Smoking Tim Frazier, back from across the pond, too. I've not thought out. Yeah. yeah, and we've got our boy Tino, Tino on the edits, uh, the bout sheet for this week's show, Benavidez Andre, then the return of King Rai, a preview of this weekend's <laughs> upcoming battle for the WBC 140-pound title, <clears throat> Regis Progray takes on Devin Haney, mm. and we have Ask Mario, but first we want to let you know this podcast is sponsored by Hustler Casino, located just 15 minutes from downtown LA. If you love poker, now is the time to play in their high-limit crystal room for a $50,000 total giveaway this holiday season. Come check them out. Also, quick shout out to our sponsor and neighbor right here in Hollywood, Scout Micro LA. They offer a unique and innovative hair loss solution for men. A lot of guys deal with this. They do a thing called SMP, state-of-the-art restoration services service, I should say, that replicate the exact shape and size of the hair follicle by tattooing tiny particles of pigment into the scalp, and it gives the illusion of hair, and they do a really good job, especially if you like to rock your hair in close fashion. You can see uh, results in as little as one treatment. They can restore your hairline. They can make it look thicker. They can conceal any sort of scars or camouflage burns or conditions you may have. They use the highest qualities. So if you're going bald or just looking for a new look, hit up our homies over at Scout Micro LA and you mentioned this ad for a free consult and they've got a lot of happy customers thanks to us. Yes, because if you're getting thin, he'll help, help fill you in. in. All right, let's get started. November 25th was the date from the Mandalay Bay where the Flying Fishes play in Viva Las Vegas on Showtime pay-per-view for the WBC interim super middleweight title of the world. And it was David Benavides absolutely bludgeoning Demetrius Andre in six. Mario, I thought the fight might go longer, but by the fourth round, you just had this feeling like, uh-oh, ain't looking good for Boo Boo. I was very surprised of the outcome in the fashion because, to be honest— Boo-boo. <laughs> Demetrius Andrade was a very avoided guy. And rightfully so. Undefeated. Champion. That's a slick fighter. Um, also a southpaw. He is a bad style for whoever you put up there. He's a tough puzzle to, to figure out. And he came in very confident. And Benavides just didn't seem to care. I'm very impressed with Benavides and the about face that he's made ever since he got in a little trouble a little while ago. It's like... He got himself a nice lady. He settled down and he's really matured yeah. and he seems incredibly focused. How he squeezes down to 168, I don't know. Because if you ever meet the guy, he's huge. How he's able to make that weight is a mystery to me. And I really hope he can hang in there a while lighter because a while longer because he seems to be bursting at the seams. But what I love about Benavides is he doesn't seem to care what your style is because he's going to make yeah. you fight his fight. He's patient in there. He doesn't get overwhelmed by the moment. He slowly and methodically breaks you down. And once he gets going, we've discussed it. It's like a snowball. It's an avalanche. And he just seems to get better with time. Those hands are fast and furious. He did a good job cutting off the ring. Because the first couple rounds, Booboo was having a little bit of success. But you, it, it seemed to me like, mm. I was like, mm, I don't know if he's going to be able to keep that up. This could get interesting. But man, once he caught him with that overhand right... Ooh, it was survival mode after that. But the fact that he finished him in such a dramatic fashion, Kim, I think was a really huge statement in that you just beat, like I said, an undefeated, talented fighter that nobody wanted to face in a very impressive way. He carried himself like a gentleman afterwards. I'm telling you, I'm impressed with the kid just as a fighter and how he is, as he developed as a young man outside of it. And he's 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 waving those pom-poms and and really um, campaigning for that Canelo fight, which I want to see. The rest of the fighting public wants to see. I don't know if Canelo wants to see that right away. And Canelo is not one to avoid any dangerous fights. We can get into that later. I mean, he faced the who's who, but that's going to be a tough out. But bravo to him. Tip of the cat, dare I say, maybe fighter of the year. Well, when you have a campaign where you chase down Caleb Plant and beat him down late, 
And then with Demetrius Andre, it's not the fact that he won. It's how he won. Exactly. To stop a guy in the first half of the fight. Mario, remember the original Star Wars that came out in 77? Not these new ones that they've ruined. Do I remember? Yeah. I've got, yes. And you're right. They have ruined them, except the TV shows. The TV right. shows are good. You got to And watch remember those. when Luke and Leia and Han Solo and Chewie were in the trash compactor? I love that scene. And the walls just close in. Yeah. And the stuff was going out yeah. there. Remember and you're kind of like, oh my God, we, we can't get away from this. That's. David Benavides, he yeah. closes in on you and he seemingly gets bigger. He does. Because the other guys shrink. And it's like this. Demetrius Andre was like that really fast guy in a marathon that's like the rabbit. He sets the pace, but you knew he could not last. And I thought he may have won the first round, had a pretty good second. But by the end of the third, the walls were closing in. And when the fourth round happened, when he shortened up that right hand, I said, this fight's over. Uh, it really was that simple. And I was surprised because I thought he would... He would be victorious, um, even though I thought, but I thought it would be a much more difficult fight. And I thought he might win in an ugly fashion just because I thought uh, Boo Boo might stink out the joint. And it's just tough to look good against him. But the fact that he was able to win in a dramatic fashion against that style and that type of fighter, I thought spoke volumes. So to me, he's looking, he's, he's made a case for fighter of the year candidate. He'll be invited to the banquet. Exactly. There's no doubt about Let me it. Yeah, some tequila. I'm yeah. No, oh. some of that. Give me that, that chakra. Well, here's We're the, starting to drink a lot the more other right here. The issue with, with Benavides that I love is the fact that he actually just goes out there. And like John Wooden says, um, he had his old theory. We don't watch tape. We just do us and we execute at a high level. That's exactly. And, it. and people could say what they want about Benavides. I know Tim Bradley had said he doesn't have classic footwork. He's a little bit squared up. But I will say this the last line of defense for any fighter is the chin. And David Benavides seems to catch very well. He does. And it, it seemed to me like even when Andre was letting him go, these fast, striking combinations, they look like marshmallows bouncing off a battleship. And you're like, uh-oh, Demetrius, you better start running and doing your version of Pernell Whitaker. But here's the thing. He's not a natural super middleweight. You could kind of see it. He's more of a 54-60. But once Benavides gets going downhill, there's almost no stopping the guy. And I just wonder, looking ahead with Canelo, Canelo has had an unbelievable run. He's already a first ballot unanimous Hall of Famer. Absolutely. But at this age, 65-plus fights. The activity level and the volume against the precision counterpunching of Canelo, I'll say it right now. It's the biggest, best fight you can have in 2024. I agree. And look, I've mentioned Canelo is not one to duck anyone. He's put himself no. right in the mix with the toughest guys. I mean, he faced a Mayweather when he was far too young, I thought. He yeah. should have waited a little bit. Um, guys from Erzlein Lara to uh, Austin even, Trout, Austin Trout to even jumping up and trying to fight Bebo. Yeah. So I don't think he's quote scared yeah. or intimidated at all. As a matter of fact, I actually think it's an interesting fight because mm-hmm. I think because of the lack of footwork or speed, I should say, with Benavides and him in front of you, you haven't seen too many people go to his to the body right. of Benavides, and we know Canelo's a hell of a body puncher. And with some of those counter shots. I, I'm telling you, that could prove really interesting, and he's heavy-handed. So we haven't seen Benavides fight a guy, at least to my knowledge, that has been maybe as heavy-handed yeah. as Canelo. So I, I think it matches up well. I think it's a very entertaining fight, um, along with it being an intriguing fight to see who the victor is. So I you know, to that. the one thing about Benavides is that you're right. You're absolutely right. Look, Caleb Plant is a slick boxer. <laughs> Demetrius Andre was slick and athletic. But they do not have the heavy-handedness or the precision punching. One thing about Canelo, he turns over his punches, hits on the barrel of the bat. So it would be the activity against the precision. But you do wonder, does pressure bust pipes, especially at that age? But at the same time— But the same could be said the other way, Yes. Same could be said the other way. He could be having a vicious body attack toward Benavidez, and we'll see how that plays out. Right, so that's an interesting fight. But David Benavidez really has developed into a fan favorite. And the one thing I appreciate about him is that it it is such a juxtaposition, yeah, big SAT word there, that a couple weeks ago we saw Shakur Stevenson stink out the Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. And then we have Benavidez. And I'm not saying which guy is better, but I know this much. From a general casual perspective, if you had $75 to spend on a pay-per-view event, as of right now, I think it's clear which guy you'd plunk down your hard-earned money for. We're in the entertainment business. That's what it is. And you want to see him. And ironically, 
Benavides is not one to do a lot of talking. Um, he's like, like I said, he's been carrying himself like a gentleman. He's not out there uh, letting those Twitter fingers go. Um, as opposed to that was a funny nickname. The that who gave uh, Shakira Twitter Shakira Twitterson Shakira Twitterson. That's funny because he is letting those fingers go on Twitter. Yeah. But I wish he let his hands go a little bit more in the ring. And Benavides, you don't have to. Work. He's one of those guys that's sort of quiet, and he's in there and he's he's making statements, uh, letting those fists fly. Again, I, a case could be made. He could be fighter of the year. That's the number one fight I want to see this next year. That's the only mm-hmm. one that I think could rival what Dana White is planning on September 16th mm. at the Sphere. So, fingers crossed, prayers up, that happens. Yeah, and taking a look at this a really eventful undercard put together by PBC for the WBA Junior Lightweight Championship, we have a new belt holder, Lamont Roach, with a hard-earned split decision over Hector Luis Garcia in 12 rounds. And then for the IBF Junior Welterweight crown, Subriel Matias just wears out Shohojan Urgashev. That, that kid's a problem. And then super middleweight, Jermel Charlo, 10-round <laughs> decision over Jose Benavides. Mario, there are very few boogeymen. Everyone gives people the tag, but I think there's not that many guys avoided. I will say this right now. Subriel Matias, with the fact he puts you through the meat grinder, I don't know how many other belt holders at 140 mm. actually want to go through that. Listen, and I know we're going to get to Ryan Garcia in a second. And how Raleigh Romero is a champion, I just, oh my gosh. But, and he's saying he's busting at the seams. He wants to go up to 147. But if Matias were, were to get that belt for some reason, there was some sort of elimination, who wants to face that kid? That kid, he's all wrong for a lot of people. He's a tough, tough out. He's impressive. That's turning into a very exciting division. Urgashev started off fast, letting his hands go, looking like Central Asian Manny Pacquiao. And then the middle of the second round, he just said, okay, enough with the tomfoolery. And look, I don't want to use the word quit, but he said, hey, I have a lower extremity injury. I couldn't go on. I couldn't move. Hmm. You know what? I'll just say it like this. Guys like Subriel Matias, they push guys towards saying, I'm waving the white flag. I don't think he wants anymore. He hits hard. He's durable. He's got an engine. He's got a motor. And he is tenacious. Yes. And he's the type of guy, even with a belt, other guys absolutely skirt. But that's another guy. He's become must-see appointment viewing on television. Absolutely. And I want to say congratulations to a young man that I saw develop on a lot of Golden Boy cards at the Belasco Theater, at Fantasy Springs, Mm -hmm. and various undercards. Lamont Roach is now a world champion. Congrats to him. And I was happy for him. I remember years ago, I was at a fight in Maryland. I think it was a Vasil Lomachenko (laughs) fight, and he is from the D.C. area. Mm -hmm. Lamont is a very well-mannered young man. I like to hear Very, very nice person. He said, Steve, uh, what do you think about me as a fighter? And I said, Lamont, here's the thing. I was very honest with him. I said, Lamont, I think you're a really sharp craftsman. You have all the skills. You have all the tools. But however, Lamont, I don't know if you're mean enough. Hmm. He goes, really? And I said, Lamont, I'm going to leave you with this. This ain't the Bible. The meek don't inherit the earth here. In this fight, he was mean enough, and now he gets to make some money. So congratulations to Lamont Roach. And you know what? Maybe he's in line for a fight with Tank Davis because they're both from that area. He's a good little craftsman. I was really impressed with the way he just held himself together, and he needed that knockdown to put it home, and now he can call himself a world champion. Look at you have an influence on these kids. Well, that's what I do. That's what I, Uncle Kim, you know, Uncle Kim's. All right, but anyway, moving on, round one of the three knockdown rule on UFC Fight Pass. This past Saturday from Houston, Texas, folks, we almost had a problem, but it was taken care of on the zone. Oh, my gosh. In a welterweight battle. Ryan Garcia stops Oscar Duarte in eight. But Mario, can, can it was one of couple fights for Ryan Garcia because he was battling Golden Boy promotions the whole week. Well, I'm glad we were going to talk about the promotion prior to the fight itself. Yo, when the video came out of him just going after Hopkins and Oscar, Oscar's in the oh. back, like rubbing his Oh, my God. That, that, Dude, was, that was memeable. It turned into like Real Housewives stuff. I'm like, yo. it. The thing about, the, I, I, here's the thing. Say what you will about Golden Boy, and you may have your opinions, but look, you can't take away the fact that Oscar and Golden Boy secured the biggest bag for Canelo, giving him the biggest payday ever for a fighter, secured the biggest bag for Mayweather, really making him a star, responsible fighting Oscar, making Pacquiao a star, responsible for fighting Oscar, and he's given Ryan Garcia his biggest financial they windfall. They acquiesce so, to his demands, exactly, right? Exactly, I mean. exactly. So I always think it's, 
ironic and weird and a bit disrespectful that these fighters that I just mentioned, they all sort of owe, or I feel, uh, at least a thank you to Oscar. He's responsible for everything I said is a fact. It is not, it can't be debated. And it's because of him that those things actually happened. So he's out here providing generational wealth and they're, they're coming across very ungrateful. It blows my mind that that happens. I, I, Talking about the promotion, it's a weird, bizarre um, situation because you have someone sort of talking about the promoters. Then he didn't want to let him in the locker room. Then Oscar's talking about mental health. The whole thing was like I was, I'm watching a reality show. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> it's irrelevant because he's under contract and he's under contract for the next couple of years. That he signed willingly. There was no gun put exactly. to his head. So he's under contract for the next couple of years. So, man, you got to make the best of it at the end of the fight. And we'll get to the fight itself. They did a little dab and I was like, OK, maybe things are copacetic. But it was just bizarre to me. Kim and what Bernard Hopkins and Oscar said it wasn't look we're not here to hold hands and just tell you what you want to hear I think you need to be sort of honest and yes you want to be supportive but I I was very confused by who's in Ryan's ear and why he's saying maybe these certain things out loud because it's not a good look for either one your thoughts no absolutely right and let's go back to the history of this Ryan Garcia signed a deal willingly. He was not drafted into this, but also in terms of the current conflict, we have to understand, and Eric Gomez was in this very same seat about a month ago, every single demand that actually placed a hardship physically on Ryan Garcia, the adults at Golden Boy said, Ryan, they're putting you at a physical disadvantage. Don't do it. Lo and behold, and Ryan says later, oh, my God, I was so drained. I couldn't make the weight. Uh, You're the one that asked for it, though. Right. They gave you what you wanted so you could make the money. While Ryan did not understand, Golden Boy actually thought about, get this, winning the fight. You just wanted the payday. But this is where it really emanated from was after the fight, and again, I've been critical of Oscar for not showing up to certain things. I've been very consistent (laughs) of that. He should have been at the post-fight press conference, even if he had death threats, supposedly, allegedly. No, no, no. But Ryan Garcia said in the aftermath of that fight, he said, well, no one was there for me in my locker room. They just abandoned me. Meanwhile, there's pictures and videos of Bernard Hopkins and Eric Eric Gomez Gomez. in the locker room. I saw that. Then he kept talking about I was placed at a physical disadvantage and people were not there for me who were on my team. And then remember, a couple weeks afterwards, because this is what Oscar does, whether it's right or wrong, you can argue. He said, hey, kids, stop making excuses. This is what you want. Stop blaming us. This was not our battle here. You're tying the promoter's right. hands when you say, I don't care. I just want the fight. This right. and that. Well, then you're, you have no negotiating Then live power. with the results. Yeah, well, exactly. And, so, you know, look, I will say this about Ryan. I do like this. He... When he does come to the fight, he does come to fight. When he went out there for Tank, he it wasn't like he tried to run around that ring and disappear from that fight. He tried to bring the fight. Yes, he was overmatched and he wasn't at that level, but he did come to fight that fight, Kim. Yeah, I guess. I, look, It wasn't successful, but he, you know what I'm saying? He didn't turn right. into a track meet. He tried to let his hands go, but at least. Here's the problem that I have with um, Ryan Garcia is that you try to have it both ways. When you have it your way, when I get what I want, if it doesn't work out well, then it's like, well, you're responsible. No, you're not. You're the one who wanted this. You're the one who basically put out the parameters. You placed restrictions on your own promoter and your own representatives, and you kept complaining about it, and then you have the nerve to say, well, you know, I don't want to make excuses, and you know what comes after that? Excuses. And and so then at a certain point, uh, Bernard Hopkins has a right to say, well, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You can say whatever you want about me, but, but here's the thing that's interesting. Oscar and Bernard are being ripped, forget this, telling the truth. And we're talking- Now, here's the problem, though. Are they not allowed to tell the truth when they're being disparaged? And we're talking, listen, we're talking about two legends right. in Oscar and Bernard, guys that have been there, multiple world champions, Hall of Famers. If anyone can speak on the sport and their fighters, right. it's these guys. We're not random guys yeah, by the with way, opinions. When, when Ryan is being factual, when he says, well, you know, he said he never lose to a white boy and he got knocked out of the ring by Joe Smith. I'm not going to argue that, but a little context. Bernard was 50 years old and was already a first ballot Hall of Fame fighter with an authenticity that you do not have. This is almost like, to me, uh, 98 Degrees or some other mediocre boy band making fun of the Temptations. 
Okay, yeah, wow, I went there. You went Temptations, though. Yes. You were great in that analogy until you hit Temptations. Right. I love Temptations. New edition? I thought you were going to say, like, Rolling Stones or somebody. Well, okay, or the Beatles to, yeah, or somebody. Temptations were good, though. I love the Temptations. That was just a random... Well, that's out of respect for Bernard and I, his culture. Right, but I'm just saying... Stupid. Uh, so I'm just saying... <laughs> stupid. For this guy, for this young kid... Tequila's hitting you. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just saying that there comes a point in time, like, have a little respect for your elders... And, I, 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 and at the end of the day, they were not wrong. Outside of you getting a great payday, you became a punchline because you set that joke up. Here's no one thing, else. Here's the thing in the irony. R- regardless of how you feel about uh, Garcia, uh, the kid is a box office attraction. Okay. No doubt. He does generate revenue and he calls himself a superstar he even came out of the ring with lupe fiasco singing the star the song superstar so he recognizes his value it's a little ironic because he hasn't won a world title yet but he's one of those cases rare cases in this generation where the popularity and the fame sort of came before the championship there hasn't been anyone like this before uh in this sport getting to the the fight itself look i've always thought it's his physical tools that really uh, carried him here. He's quick. He's twitchy. He's antsy. reflexive. Yes, he reminds me a little of Amir Khan too, because he does mm-hmm. like to fight mm-hmm. quick, twitchy. I'm not saying chinny necessarily, because um, those shots that he could drop with those—that was a solid shot from Luke yeah. Campbell, and that was a body shot from Tank. But and much like Amir Khan, he comes to fight. Yes, which I like. I like that. I don't know if Derek, um, his his trainer. Uh, Derek James, his his style necessarily is because usually Derek James is like more the athletic, physical. Well, to be fair, he didn't like that tactic. Oh, you're he, talking about you're talking about that that Philly shell. Turn your uh, back. No, I don't no, mean no, that no, wasn't no. even a Philly shell. Like, that's that the was fetal shell. That was like Pittsburgh. I don't yeah. know. That was in Philly. That was the fetal <laughs> shell. Yo, that was okay. wild. I'm like, and you know what's crazy? I thought Duarte was taking uh, could have took more advantage of that with a couple more well, left hooks and overhand right was two on one though. That As a showcase fight, I don't know, mixed reviews for Ryan. Look, he got him out there eventually. Did he show much development? That was a tough guy he went up against. Very well-prepared, heavy-handed guy. I don't know necessarily know if it showed me he was ready for the next level yet, though. Kim, do I think he can he can beat a Raleigh Romero? Yes. Outside in that, he would be yeah. a champion. Outside of that, I don't... Look... Teofimo Lopez, no. no, that is a very dangerous no. fight. I don't. Th- I think that ends poorly uh, for him. Matias, uh-uh. who are the other champions? Regis. Yeah, no, that does not end- bode well for him, or even Devin Haney, to be honest. And if he's going to try that Walmart, Philly Shell <laughs> version. More like swap me. That is not, not going to uh, like flea market. Uh, bode well. It was their first fight. Maybe they'll grow on that. He needs to be consistent and stay in there i know he gets distracted with a lot of stuff but at the end of the day i think he did leave people wanting to see him again whether it's he's the kind of guy now because of with his personality people want to see him whether they want to see him win or they want to see him get knocked out no there's no doubt he's a polarizing figure he's big box office but i would describe him as such as a prize fighter Mm. athletically gifted but technically flawed and unless, and here's the problem. He's now a twice a year fighter. And trust me, that pissing contest with Golden Boy, it'll continue. It'll flow like the Mississippi River. That'll never end. So he's never going to get on a schedule where him and Derek James for one year can get out there consistently and work and hone their tools. It's not going to happen. What, what did you make before you continue? Then he came out recently and he said something about being injured going into the tank fight. And Tank came oh, back and, said, and said some stuff. He forced his promoter into a bad position then. If he's going out there uh, sort of making these claims and it's just not a good look. Like, look, you had that fight. You should have just, you kind of just got to um, What do they say when, when you that? point a finger? You've got three more, four more pointing back. Right. And so that that's where you lose me. And look, Ryan Garcia is a fighter with incredible physical gifts, but he reminds me of a sports car with no brakes. That was the problem with Amir Khan. And keep this in mind, Mario. This fight was at 143 at his behest. That's was, another thing. So too. what happens when he has to shave down another three pounds? And instead of fighting Duarte, who's a tough, solid guy, which I expected, but he's a lightweight. 
What happens when he has to face a longer, leaner, better punching 140 pounder, a legitimate junior welterweight? When I was seeing pictures that Tiafimo posted recently, my guy is put together. And say what you want about his wacky behavior. He can fight. He's gifted. He is gifted. gifted. He is gifted and he is well prepared. And he doesn't allow the shenanigans to affect him in the ring. He is so reactive, so just miles ahead, I think, develop-wise. And I know they were calling him out. They quickly shifted to Raleigh Romero, I noticed, in that post-fight. But I wouldn't want anybody. If I'm... And I'm frustrated with Teofimo because they said it wasn't enough. If I'd be foaming at the mouth if I'm a Teofimo wanting to fight Ryan based on the last performance, wouldn't you? Well, here's the thing. I spoke to Bob Merrim yesterday, and he said, Steve, number one, there was no real offer. We had talked to Golden Boy. He had actually had Eric Gomez over at his house in Southern California about two weeks ago. There was never a formal offer. And quickly after the fight, you're right, they shifted from Tio to Roley. Now, how lightly regarded is Roley Romero, even though he has a WBA belt? You know he's one of the very few guys in the history that I can recall, and the guy that Janabek just recently fought was in the same disregard. He's a major belt holder. Not even ranked in the top 10. By Ring Magazine. Can you believe that? That rarely happens. I don't know if it's even ever happened. <laughs> you know, I mentioned Amir Khan. At the same time, because of... Um, the makeup mentally, he could also be, correct me if I'm wrong, sort of a little Victor Ortiz too, right? Ta- Do you see that? You know what? I, you know, some, you know, who said that to me, Larry Merchant over lunch last really? Friday made oh, that exact comparison. Great minds think alike. They do. And Larry here's the and thing I. about Victor. Right? And I like Victor. I love Victor. And Victor had that dog in him. You know what I like about Victor? He's just like a tree. Anyway, that was one of the funniest quotes ever. But here's the thing. <laughs> With Victor Ortiz that I loved and why he's underrated and underappreciated, even if you hated him. As a fighter, I just judge you solely by this. Did you give me memorable moments and fun nights? The Madonna fight. Yeah, you could say he quit. I love that fight. Oh, yeah, it was a great fight. Right here at uh, Staples Center. The Mayweather fight, I'll never forget it. I thought that was hilarious. The Andre Berto fight. The first Andre Berto fight. Great fight. Right, so here's the thing. Ryan Garcia hasn't even done that. Yeah. He's given us big events. He gives us a lot to talk about. He has exploited social media perfectly mm-hmm. to his credit, but he doesn't even give me those type of feelings. Where I don't care if you're not perfect. You can be flawed, and I, and I would still appreciate what you did. This is my takeaway. He is explosive, and he can put a lot of guys away, but is he skilled and focused enough to beat top-tier fighters? We'll see. I would say no, but again, he has a chance to prove me wrong. All right, and we come back more on the three knockdown rule on UFC Fight Pass. We go to Fight Preview, News and Notes, Ask Mario, and Final Flurries. This podcast is sponsored by Hustler Casino, located just 15 minutes from downtown L.A. If you love poker, now is the time to play in their high-limit crystal room for a $50,000 total giveaway this holiday season. For more info... Go to HustlerCasino.com. Shout out to our boy Oscar Lopez, no relation, from Scalp Micro LA. His company offers a unique and very innovative hair loss solution for men. They specialize in a pigmentation known as SMP. Basically, it replicates the exact shape and size of hair follicles by tattooing little particles of pigment into the scalp, giving the illusion of hair. Don't trip. It's actually very realistic. You can see the results in as little as one treatment. They create and restore hairlines, give the appearance of density to thinning hair. So if it's starting to go, it'll look a little thicker. If you're going bald or you're just looking for a new uh, look this summer, check out our homies over at Scout Micro LA and mention this ad for a free consult. And we're back on the three knockdown rule on UFC Fight Pass. Hey, guys, if you want to get involved with the three knockdown rule and sponsor our show, we still have some slots available. Please reach out to us by emailing info at boxbid.io. Once again, that's info at boxbid.io. Boxbid.io is an online platform that is launching soon that helps public figures and professionals in the world of boxing get sponsorships. We are proudly working with boxbid.io. All right, this Saturday night from the Chase Center in San Francisco on The Zone. Hmm. Pay-per-view, the main event, the title is on the line. Speaking of junior welterweights, the WBC title is Regis Progray takes on the upstart Devin Haney. Mario, I'm surprised. The, the, do you know the odds for this are like what are four they? to one in favor of Haney? I think that's an overplay. Ooh, Steep a, odds. That's a good mm. bet right there. Look, Haney looks very well prepared, looks very 
very good shape. Um, it's the first time we're going to see him at 140. We know he was struggling to sort of make that weight. Will it slow it down a little bit? We'll be able to carry his power. Will he have more power? We'll see. What I do know is Regis Progray can crack. And he is a powerful junior welterweight. He's coming off a performance in his hometown where it looked like he was struggling a little bit. And he talked about, and I love Regis because he's so um, candid and refreshing with his takes, saying that it was a lot of pressure being there. And and um, he didn't like necessarily fighting in his hometown with all the people calling him and kind of distracting yeah. him. He is he is focused. Yes. He is sort of angry, got a chip on his shoulder, heading into this. He knows he's going into Haney's backyard. I think he's going to want to close the distance, make it a dirty fight. If he can get inside that jab and land some big um, shots on him that other people have landed before, he could have a very successful night. Now, that's a lot easier said than done with a talented guy like Devin Haney, but I really like this fight, and those odds to me are way too big. If you're a betting man, it seems like Progray is a nice uh, take here, and with Julian Chua, who feels he's uh, very well prepared, but he does recognize that Haney's a talented guy. I'm intrigued by this fight, and I'm really looking forward to checking it out. And Mario, you talk about the distractions of fighting at home. I spoke to Regis last week at Brickhouse Boxing, and, and, and writing a story on this soon. He basically said, Steve, I made a mistake. Day of the fight, I was bored, and I go to my mom's house, and I'm bombarded by all my relatives and friends. Mm. And then even the friends that get tickets, then it becomes, well, am I sitting ringside? Or am I? And they're like, exactly. guys, oh, the sin of ingratitude. And he said, Steve, it's the biggest mistake. And my mind was just not right. He, goes, he says, I never really want to fight at home again. And he says, I actually like I the it. fact that let Devin Haney have these problems in the San Francisco, Oakland Bay area. I just want to be able to fight. And you're absolutely right. He has a chip on his shoulder. And I don't make too much about talking to fighters a week or two out. But he seemed very focused, and he also seemed very happy. I don't think the weight's an issue. He looked laser-focused, and he does have something to prove. I find this fight fascinating in one respect, among many others. But both Progray and Haney are coming off of fights, respectively against Daniel Zoria and Vasil Lomachenko, Mm. where people think they lost. Hmm. I think they each have something to prove. But Regis Progray told me something really funny. He said, Steve, he said, when I hit him with shots that Lomachenko did, something different's going to happen. And I said, well, you mean Junior Walterweight punches? And he said, no, 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 no. My punches. Exactly. So that's going to be interesting. Even in the fight that people may feel he lost, remember he hurt him in the second round and dropped him. So it's very interesting. And I keep thinking, you know, guys like Jojo Diaz, who were not as heavy-handed as Regis. Reached him. Yeah. Reached him late. I remember that fight. Could that be the weight train and it got to his legs? We'll see. But I th- I'm very uh, excited about this fight. Hopefully we get to watch it together. I do believe that the one doubt that people have about Pro Gray, and this is a factor, he seems young. He's got a great spirit to him. Doesn't look like, like when you look at him, he looks like a young man, yeah. but he's 35. And yeah, that's the key. Yeah, yeah. You know see, what? I, I forget. It don't I forget, crack. It he don't does, crack. It's well, right. No, it yeah, but he does have that energy, and he does, yeah, yeah exactly. He's got a great spirit. I, I, he does. I find Regis I really like to be I really like Regis. one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. Like, in any setting, he could fit in. It he is. could get along with people. He's a gentleman. I like the way he carries himself. But he does have a fights. chip on his shoulder this week. I like, this I, is not I, about I, the yeah. title. He wants his respect. And with Devin Haney, now look, there's a natural inclination well, now that I'm moving up, I'm going to get my legs. I don't have to kill myself to make weight. But Mario, if you're not a puncher at a lower weight, how many times have you seen a guy suddenly become a better puncher at a higher weight? That's a very it good doesn't point. happen. That's a very good point. And also the punch resistance. I was there when Linares drilled him late. And I was also there when Joseph Diaz started to really touch him up with left hands. Now, the you may not get a little extra pop going up, but maybe it'll help sturdy those legs. Yeah, the legs. The legs and the chin, they work together. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll just say this. In my view, Ruguru is a live, live dog. I I like those interested. I'm interested. Also, uh, that same night this Saturday on ESPN from Pembroke Pines, Florida, uh, on ESPN for the WBO featherweight title, Robesi Ramirez defends against Rafael Espinosa. And also on that card, top ranks deep roster of prospects, which includes Xander Zayas, Bruce Carrington and Richard Torres. Mm. Mario, news and notes. It was announced last week <laughs> by The Zone. January 27th, put on by Golden Boy on The Zone. 
Jaime Munguia takes on John Easy Ryder. I love that fight. I'm surprised by that fight. Ryder's a tough dude. That's going to be a tough out. Ooh, it's in Phoenix, of all places. A lot of Mexicans there. A lot of Mexicans. A lot of Mexicans. I was hoping um, here in L.A., selfishly, obviously, but I really like that fight, and... We're going to see what uh, Mungia is really made of because Ryder is going to push him. Mungia has been preparing with Freddie Roach, so it's going to yeah. be their first venture together. But I'm intrigued and I'm actually surprised that they would match him so tough in his if first Mungia time. If is in the Canelo sweepstakes <laughs> and he is in the running for that Cinco de Mayo <laughs> slot, he needs to show me something. And I think Ryder, if he can take care of him in dominant or clear fashion, it becomes a lot more credible. I agree. Because, I look, let's just be honest. The Derevchenko fight was an unbelievable battle. But if the roles were reversed and Derevchenko was the golden boy fighter, they could have stopped that fight in the fifth round. Okay? That was, that was a fun let's fight. Let's just be very honest that a, about that. That was a fun fight. So we'll see. And the marriage between Roach and Munguia, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious yeah, to so see. Because Roach does really well, our good friend Freddie, with offensive fighters. Mario, we are filming this uh, show on a Wednesday, but on this particular date, and boy, time really flies. You know, it's 15 years ago to this day that it was Manny Pacquiao, Oscar De La Hoya. It's already been 15 yeah, years ago. 15 years. I, I believe that because that was... One of my wife and I's um, first uh, sort of getaways into Vegas, mm-hmm. like we just started dating and, you know, I took yeah. her to Vegas for that weekend. I took her to that fight. I said, uh, uh, I know both of these guys. They're both. And I, Oscar should be Who are you too rooting big for, for honestly. Well, I liked them both. But Oscar, you know, uh, I thought he honestly, I was going in. There, I said, Oscar's going to be too big for him. I yeah. said, I can't believe Manny's was going to be a good payday for mine. And I was like, whoa, but you can't tell me that you were. You thought that Manny Pacquiao was going to go out there and blow him out. Not at that stage in his career because he was going up in those weight classes. Oh, come on. You're Monday morning quarterback right now. You Mario, can't tell me to get out of I'll my face. I'll have Doug Fisher Tequila. bring this in. To get out of my face. Ring Magazine. You're a liar face. <laughs> Ring Magazine actually did a prediction panel of trainers, managers, boxers, and some writers. Out of 25 writers, I was one of two that said Pacquiao will win this fight. And I'll never forget when he fought. I'm going to have to see documentation. You will. And by the way, Filipino writers were writing stories about my prediction. It was the funniest thing. They were. Go to Manila, dude. Because a lot of the Filipino media, they're saying Bob Arum is getting our national hero slaughtered and he should be ashamed of himself. So, Damn, I didn't go that hard. You know, well, sometimes when you see something and you just have it in your mind, if you if you recall, when De La Hoya fought Steve Forbes at the soccer field. I remember that here in L.A. Yeah. And he had, he had a little success there. But I just thought Oscar would um, sort of make adjustments and be really well prepared. I didn't take into effect how much he would kill himself making that. He hadn't made it in nine years. Exactly. That's what I did not factor in. And uh, that took a serious toll because he didn't even look, not to take anything away from Pacquiao because he was at his, the peak of his powers. But Oscar also didn't look like himself in that, that fight. fight in the first minute. You said, oh, yeah, I know. Uh-oh. That's why I said, like, I don't know. He was like dead man walking. Oscar looked like he was underwater with weights attached to all of his limbs. Mm-hmm. He could not get off. And what's interesting is that. And I, I've told this story before. When Oscar's at the weigh-in, the whole time he's in a chair slumped over. I and know, I said, oh, you're good. in trouble. No, he's in but good. also, Freddie Roach has said, when <laughs> I was training Oscar for the Mayweather fight, because remember, when he fought Forbes, there was still the rematch clause with Mayweather. Mm-hmm. That's why he picked that style, because they both kind of did that Philly shell. Right. And Freddie has told me, he goes, Steve, when I was in Puerto Rico for that whole summer, with uh, or that whole spring, there was this one time where Ivan Calderon, Calderon I remember. was in there and he wanted to screw around. He wanted, hey, let me spar with Oscar. And he said, what I saw, and I said, you know what? I have a little southpaw that's a lot bigger that can hit. Like he kind of had some insider information yeah. like Ivan Boski. Mm. And it was amazing because at that moment, after that night, there was a time when Manny Pacquiao would work out upstairs. They really wouldn't close the gym. Um, it was kind of still open. He was more or less like a really popular fighter, but he was not a star. But after that fight, again, it, it became locked down. Oscar made him a star. He did. Again. He did. That's what he And by the way, Manny's actually grateful. <laughs> of course. Because he was raised correctly. He's a gentleman. All right, moving on to the Ask Mario segment of this fine program. Here's one from the Filthy Casual. Uh, how big would a Teofimo Lopez versus Surreal Matias unification in the weekend of the Puerto Rican parade be? Oh, man. Summer of 2024. And would both of you make it your business to be there if it happened? All I could say is, WEPA. 
Wepa. Listen, listen, listen but you, that's real inside boxing stuff right there. We'd like to see it. I don't think it does as big business as like if you were to fight Ryan Garcia. That would transcend the sport. Right. But selfishly, oh, wow. That's violence. Yes. And according to Bob Barham, it looks like Tiafimo Lopez, who we met with last week, they're in a good place for now. That could change by the time this show comes out. And he believes that... They are working on a fight for Teofimo in February. Unfortunately, it will not be that big Super Bowl slot. Again, when you, when you delay your career, you know what happens? Nothing. Um, here's a question from Albert Beltron. When Slater fought Zach, how did it get determined who had the busted lip and who got the black guy? We had arguments in school over who won. I was told because you had the black guy, you lost. But you can clearly see you got sucker punched and turned the situation around. I thought we discussed this before. You know, I choreographed that fight. Me and my Did stunt. You really? Yeah, I talked about that. My stunt coordinating skills right there. And uh, yeah, people always can sort of bring that up on the anniversary of the fight. It kind of holds up for yep. a little Saturday morning fight, right? And there. Uh, we'll talk about a black guy a little bit later. Oh, God. Here's one from Malik <laughs> Brown. Hey, Mario, how do you feel a David Benavides fight will go down against Demetrius Bivol? Number one, should he pursue the fight? Number two, who wins and why? And three, is this the best way to pursue Canelo? Mm. I think he stays at 68. He should stay at 68 as much as long as he can. One more year. One Keep more chasing year. If Canelo. He can make it, yes. And if he were to fight a Charlo, another Charlo, who just to, to, to kind of eliminate that whole top tier of contenders in that weight class and leave Canelo with no other choice, then maybe that fight happens, but I wouldn't be jumping up to fight Bivol if he didn't have to. Keep this in mind. That fight last week or two weeks ago uh, against Andre was for the WBC interim title. Now, look, Mr. Suluan has a way of kind of changing the rules, but in theory, that is now makes him the mandatory. Mm. And so his team should press the WBC and say, what's the timeline here? But yeah. also beyond that, he's now the people's choice. Right. There's a public mandate that says, hey, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Canelo, you're a great fighter. We love you. There's this kid over here. Yeah, he's a people's champion. That's the guy. Mm-hmm. So let, let's let this play out for yeah. another year or so. By the way, so. real quick, not to deviate too much, but that's taken precedence over Terrence Crawford, Canelo, correct? I, I would say so, yes. Right? Uh, well, we forgot about that even. Because you know we why? Because even... weight classes matter. Now, see how quickly you changed your tune, Cam. No, that wait, wasn't wait, the case wait, wait, a while wait, wait, ago. Can we get Terrence back on the, on the Yeah, video? exactly. And here's one from Matty Rolls. Are you hearing anything on what Crawford is doing next, or are they moving forward with the rematch? Oh, that's funny. I didn't even know you were going to ask that, obviously. In, uh, this is what I was told. I heard the rematch will happen at junior middleweight. At junior middleweight. Yeah, okay, I have no pro- can't make 40. I have you no problem that. with that, but let's assume he gets past that one. Would you still rather see Benavidez versus Canelo and Crawford? No, no Benavidez. In, Benavidez. Which one does more business? Um, give me the two Mexicans. Give me the two Mexicans. It'll still do more business, huh? Look, I'm surprised to hear that. Here's, here's my view. If you do Crawford eventually, that's a fight where I want Crawford to say, let's say he beats Tim Zhu. That's a great win. Go up to 160, pick up a belt to 60. Now, if you do that... I have to tell you, Crawford versus Canelo, that's a fight in a year or two. Yes, very, very valid. You talk about Prograde being 35. I believe Crawford is like 36. Yes. He's going up there. So I don't know Clean got, lifestyle, though. No, I know, but I don't know if he's got, you know what I mean? That yeah. time's going to catch up. If I'm Canelo, I'm taking Crawford all day yeah. before I take Benavides. Size matters. Of course. That's what she said. Anyway, uh, Clay Stevenson. Hey, Mario, what is your pick in a Chavez-Arguello fantasy fight at 135? I don't. Pick anyone over uh, Chavez at 135. Even Duran? Even Duran. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. His chin. He could take all of Duran's shots. I don't know if Duran could take all his shots back then, especially in a 15 round fight, because Chavez was built for that back in the day. If you give me the Duran, if you give me the Chavez, I fought Edwin Rosario. Dude, he's a grinder, and Rosario can crack too. So I just think he was, I'm still, I'm taking him all day. Uh, Arguello generally had problems with movement. And the straight punches down the middle, that's a toss-up. I think it's a close fight. I love Arguello. He's yeah. a great, no, I think I think it's a, tr- a close fight. But yeah, we're talking about legends here. And I agree with you. What he did to Chapo Rosario on that night, he could have beaten any 35-pounder in the history of boxing, including fight. Duran, Benny Leonard, mm-hmm. Pernell Whitaker, any of those guys. And finally... <laughs> Here's a question is from a guy whose handle is Steve Kim Sideburns. Okay. He's, I like this guy. Yeah. I like this guy. Yeah. Um, with HBO and now Showtime out of the boxing business, if you were made the boxing czar backed by Saudi money, how would you fix the sport? Okay, uh, my Sideburns. This is what I would do. If I had that much more money 
and maybe Saudi Arabia does with the investment. I'd make oh, it very clear. <laughs> um, we're going to make the biggest fights. You don't get to choose. We do because it's our money. Absolutely. I wouldn't align myself with any particular promoter. Best fights get the rights. And I'm trying to get everyone beat. Just like a real sport. Oh, um, I'd, I'd use the UFC and, model. And you too. know what? Whoever the legitimate next number right. one contender is, that's who's up next. And if you have a manager that starts turning down fights because he's too tall, he's too much of a puncher, I'd say, bye, get out of here. Next man up. Next man up. That's just the way it goes. Exactly. Also, I would make it very clear that, look, I would favor crowd-pleasing fights because we are still, again, in the entertainment business. But my theory is this. If there are fighters or too many of them that go undefeated during my run, I have not done my job as a matchmaker to protect the public. I'll never forget, speaking of Arguello, the great Bruce Trampler told me when he worked for Teddy Brenner at the Madison Square Garden, Bruce loved Arguello when He's he was great, He great thought fighter. he was just the greatest Beautiful thing ever. Fighter. And Teddy Brenner says, yeah, you know, we signed this Arguello kids where they're walking down a park or having lunch. And he said, yeah, great. So, Bruce, I just want you to know one thing. You know, you know your job is to get them beat now, right? There's no protecting. Like, for the fans, we're going to put them up against, and by the way, they did. Greatest featherweight. One of them, yes. There's no doubt. So I'm just saying, I'm going to make the best fights, no protection. You're going to get paid well. You don't get to turn down 18 fights. We're Mm. not doing that here. Uh, Moving on to the final flurries. Mario, you look good. You always look good. But you had to have a little bit of cut, man. Got the end swell on you. What the hell happened to you in jujitsu a few days ago? I inadvertently took a knee. I posted a Oof. pic. Just that, by the way, that was a pic immediately when it happened. The next day, oh, actually, I got makeup on right now still. <laughs> but um, dude, I'm all green and black under here. I'm yeah. thinking to myself, damn, I'm 50 years old. What, what am I doing? Okay, uh, Tim, we've heard this for about eight years. I know, years. but then that, that, but that's, but that, you know, that's we're not playing pickleball out here. Yeah. I'm doing jujitsu. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sparring. That's yeah. what still makes me feel young. That's ironic. And but don't get me started. Feel old, right? Yeah. No, but I'm with you. But so. I had to go to the. I had to go to the. I got to get an MRI on my thumb because that's mm. been bothering me and all that. It's just aches and pains. It's gonna do. I just. You know what your next venture needs to be? Remember the uh, the board game operation? Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. We need to have like a Mario Lopez operation <laughs> yeah, with the red nose. You got the thing. Your, your, your rotator cuff and all yeah. that other stuff. Uh, Mario. A man that actually helped launch your career, and there's a legend, Norman Lear, passed away. 101 years old. Had a good run. First, had a good run. Hell of a run. First professional gig I ever had, 10 years old, 1984, A.K. Pablo with Paul oh. Rodriguez. Norman Lear launched that. We only did 13 episodes. It was short-lived. Um, he was ahead of his time. Big Mexican family, but it was too, I think it hit too many nails on the head with all the bad stereotypes. Couldn't do that and show they, today, right? He was, he was such a progressive sort of genius he had the first interracial couple on he had the first wealthy black family with the jeffersons he had taboo subjects that you wouldn't talk about all in the family sanford and son good times one day at a time these shows still air today yes. those are we're talking some of the greatest television sitcoms of all time and my guy worked until he died and my wife tried to get him to do a video for my 50th birthday but i don't think he was in good yeah. shape uh, at, at the time but Man, just a tip of the hat. And I know that word legend gets thrown around, no, but he, he really is. is a titan, a legend. That man produced more hits than Barry Gordy. I mean, iconic shows that, that, that were... Do we love all those shows? Think about it. Those shows were at their peak in the 1970s. We'll be watching them 50 years from now. That's yeah. how like iconic a lot of those exactly. programs are. Isn't that crazy? Are. Mari, what was New York City like? New York City. You know, I like New York, but I love New Yorkers. Cool people. Down to earth, hustlers, they have great energy. They're really cool with me. But damn, we are so spoiled out here. It is warm. It was freezing. I wake I walk outside and had to be, you know, like seven in the morning, had to be at work and stuff. It's like an uppercut to the face. When you walk outside with that cold ass hair, I'm like, gosh. What was it? Twenties, thirties? It was twenty-four degrees when I hosted uh the oh. Rockefeller tree lighting outside. You know, heaters, and I'm and I'm like, and my nose is running. I'm I'm trying to be cool on TV, and so it's just, it's tough, man. And it stays cold all the way yeah. to like March, April. That is brutal. And then it gets humid and sticky and nasty. We're just really spoiled out here, but it's so much energy and fun out there, man. It's New York's great, but and I, by the I, way, I love LA. In Southern California, last few days, high seventies, low eighties. Dude, is that mm. wild? Oh, I know, okay. I love it. And that's why we put up with these taxes. Yeah, exactly, uh, Mario, <laughs> you are a Charger fan. And you asked me this question. I did ask this question. I was waiting for your answer. A lot of rumors out there about new coach. I've showed you all the statistics. We've lost games by three points or less more than any other team in history. And for me, it's a lot of time management, messing up with certain play Down calls. Down in distance. Exactly. Ugh. And just not being football savvy 
in in the or coach, found in the cage. or in, found exactly. Right. So to me, it would think like a Bill Belichick could write that that shit. I know Jim Harbaugh is another name there. My brother-in-law happened to have played for Jim in Stanford. He is not a big. A lot of guys in the locker room are not big no, fans. No, he he wears he, on you. He wears on you, and that's been the case in Stanford. The 49ers. It seems to be at Michigan. It seems to be at Michigan. <laughs> well, yeah, so is it worth getting a Harbaugh or would you rather get a Belichick? So I ask you, last question. You know, Belichick seems to be very old and haggard. Have you watched his recent press conference? They're worse than usual. Well, because he doesn't he's have the, Tom Brady, though. Well, but if he were to have Justin Herbert, then maybe we're on to something. Look, what do you think? I'm going to say this. Here's the problem. If you get Belichick, you have to hand him over the whole football operations. Do you know why the Patriots are so bad? He chose the players. I don't mm. think that he's any worse of a coach. I don't think he's forgotten anything about football. But Mario, that that whole team, especially offensively, is a direct result of the direction and the decisions made by Belichick. Fine. With the player personnel, we don't have that issue with at Chargers. We have a lot of talent. Belichick will never lose a game because of bad clock yeah. management. But, he will never lose a game I, because of sloppy special no. teams play. He, he doesn't beat himself. The Chargers no, beat themselves. I, I'm with you, you on you that. You get me? But also he's old. How well, Harbaugh, dare you ageism? Oh, thank you, but Harbaugh is more or less our age. He's still writing his coaching. I like prime. me some Harbaugh. I just don't like inside because my brother-in-law and all the guys. The players don't they don't seem to dig him no, after a while. Same, the, you know I'm right about that. No, but this ain't a popularity contest. Great. I know, you but you think after George Patton was popular with all his soldiers? I'm not saying you got to hang yeah, with really? the guy, but Bobby I feel you Knight lose the locker room. I don't feel they're gonna. You got that's a tangible. It's no, a very important uh, uh, quality as a leader. But I do believe every or 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 I'm sorry. Or do we go with like one of those not young new like a Kellen Moore or something? You know what I'm saying? Uh, you, know what I'm, you guys just hired one in Brandon. That's what Staley. I thought. That's what that, I thought. You okay, just, you just you're going, that you're going Brandon. Captain uh, Plaid Pants. Yeah, I like khaki. I like team. And by the way, one last thing here: moment of silence. As a West Coaster, I never thought it'd come to an end, but it did. Um, Pac-12. It's it's no longer. I never thought I'd say it in my lifetime that two LA teams would be in the Big Ten. They're and, here in LA, and they're in wild. LA, and they're in the Big Ten. Enjoy those games at Rutgers at nine o'clock in the I morning, know, you that's, bastards. That's wild. Okay, it'll never be quite the same. But anyway, Pac-12, you had a great run, and now it's over. Rest but anyway, um, one last thing: if you want to sponsor our show, please email us info at boxbid.io, and we'll be back next week at our regular time. On behalf of Mario Lopez, Smoke. Tim Frazier and Tino on the edits. This has been the three knockdown rule on the UFC Fight Pass.